gorgeous. This is Way, the Who Am I podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me that you want to hear my story. If this is your first time, go ahead and check out the episode zero, the intro episode. That'll kind of give you my mission statement and what the point of this podcast is. And I would probably start at chapter one because I'm currently telling my story. So this is chapter three, California Dreamin'. So when we ended the last episode, I was kind of talking about how I was really wondering what, like, what do I want to do with my life? When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a naturalist. I remember that was the first job I ever wanted. Then I gave that up real quick. And when I got, I got into music and I wanted to be in a band. Then, oh wait, no, first I was on a swim team and I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. Then when I realized I probably wasn't as dedicated to wasn't that dedicated. I decided I wanted to be a coach. Um, then I quit the swim team and I got into music. So this was during my teenage years. Music, as I talked about before, has always been that constant. I can always find the, the comfort and the care and the want that I need in music. And you know what? I just realized I was talking about in the last episode that it was kind of like med- like a meditative state dancing was because I just realized that it was, I was being present. I wasn't worried about the past. I wasn't worried about if I was being accepted or not. I was literally in the moment having fun and having fun with friends. And then when I was actually dancing, now this was to like, I started out dancing to indie rock. And so I don't even know what kind of style of dancing it is, indie rock dancing. So I, I don't, people are like, sometimes I feel weird when I talk about my tattoo because I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm just in that moment, I'm present. And I think that's why I've had such a connection with music because it, it's been a comforter when I've been upset. It makes me feel less alone. And now I'm kind of realizing that in those moments I was either in the present and, and really getting a taste of what that's like. And I was being soothed by myself. Like I was making myself feel better. And I think that's what I sort of dove deeper into throughout my life. But anyway, so I was really, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I couldn't be in a band and (laughs) make money doing that. So I worked full time. I worked at my first job was at the teen center. Then I went to, I think, JCPenney and worked in the shoe department for like three months. And then I got really bored of that. So then I started working a call center. And then um, I moved to Dallas for a couple months, right? Probably when I was 20. Uh, and then I moved back in with my parents and man, I've moved a lot. So I moved back in with my parents, couldn't stand that. So within a month I got a job at a call center in Tulsa, got my own place. And so I was doing my thing, um, around that time. That's when the dancing and the partying and the like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Cause I remember one time I was at the call center and I think, I was talking to this lady and I think she had said she'd been working there for 20, 30 years, something like that. And she was still on the phones. And I remember thinking in my head, like, what the fuck is wrong with that woman? Like, why would you not strive to be like a manager at least? Like, oh my God. So that was a moment in my head where I just knew I had a different mindset as far as work 
and business goes. At one point, the last time I moved back to Tulsa, I didn't want to work at a call center anymore. And my friend Jonah, she was like, come be a server. You can make so much money doing that. So I ended up becoming a server full time at Mimi's Cafe um, in Tulsa. And that was fun. Uh, I loved my Mimi's crew. They were so much fun to hang out with. And uh, I was working there. And then so this must have been around the time when I decided to go to cosmetology school. So let's see. Miles had suggested doing hair probably when I was 20. And so it had been in the back of my mind. I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it. And then in August, August 21st, 2005, my friend Aaron Johnson who used to be in this band called Inlo in Tulsa. And so he was this hardcore guy. I totally forget what he did, guitar or singing or something. And he was this, because I hung out with the hardcore crew. And so he got into hair and he asked me if I wanted to be a hair model. He was like, this amazing guy is going to cut your hair for free. Do you want to do it? I was like, hell yeah. So they ended up coloring my hair. Um, it was like a dark brown with a pink uh like triangle in my fringe area I'll show you some pictures on my social media but um so then DJ was cutting my hair and I'll never forget it I was so enamored by the way that he taught and I had no idea what the hell he was talking about I totally forget what haircut he was teaching but layers and graduation and 90 degree and zero degree and 45 and like I was you know what does that all mean but I just remember thinking I need to go to Paul Mitchell because this guy is amazing and I love the way he teaches so at that moment I feel like I knew that my life was about to change um and I think I was talking to Aaron about it and he was definitely suggesting moving or going to Paul Mitchell, the school and how amazing it would be and worth totally worth the investment. So I was like, this will be my chance to get back to California. I applied to Paul Mitchell, the school in Costa Mesa. I ended up getting accepted and I was set to start school in March of 2008 so I worked two jobs for three months, and then I think it was a couple weeks before I was supposed to go, was supposed to move, our apartment got broken into, and they stole the TV, the PlayStation, my computer, my computer bag, and guess what was in my computer bag? I think it was at least $700 worth of cash that I had saved up for my trip, and so the, I didn't have money to move and I had to delay my trip. And you know what? Looking back, like that could have totally derailed me. But I was on a mission to get back to California because as as long as I can remember since we moved the, since the bad days in Pasca, I wanted to move to California. I hated Oklahoma. So I was finally getting there. So nothing was going to stand in my way. So I got delayed a couple weeks, a month, whatever. Um, so I packed up my car, and I think it was in February of 2008, packed up my car. Kelsey and I um, made the rounds, said goodbye to friends, and we were out. We drove to California, took us a couple days, and we went to my grandma and grandpa's house, Grandma Donna and Grandpa Jim, and um, they have since passed, but they were – I. I 
oh my God, I have the best memories of them as a child. And I'm so happy that I got to create memories with them as adults. I ended up staying with them for probably a month while I looked for some place to live. And I finally found a place in Santa Ana, uh, a couple minutes away from school. And so I was there, I had done it and I started school and, oh man, I, I loved it. I loved it. And then at one point, I I think it was during the cutting, uh, they call it core. So you have to do a couple months of like book work and then you get out on the floor and you start working on clients. And I think it was during the hair cutting week, I was so frustrated and I said, this, I totally wanted to quit. I wasn't doing well, the cut, it wasn't working out. And one of my teachers, I remember, I don't know who, but they were like, don't worry. It's so much different. Like working on a mannequin head is so much different than working on a human. You're going to be totally fine. And so I toughed it out and sure enough, she was right. She or he, I forget who. Um, and so I was, I did well, I did really well in school really well. I aspired. I, it was a lot of money for me and I was paying for it. And so I, from the moment I got there, I decided that I'm going to take advantage of every possible thing that I can because I paid for it. And so I was in every club. I aspired to be on the Dean's list. I made it. I looked back on my live journal and I think there's I don't know exactly what it was, but I think I was either the third or the fourth person in the history of the school to complete the dean's list. And then I think I was like the 20th or between the 20th and the 30th person in the whole entire country to get on the dean's list. And I won a couple contests and I got sent to Vegas. And it was the thing that that turned my life around. So I found this quote uh, from December 10th, 2008. I was thinking about it today, and I'm pretty sure that I'm the happiest that I've ever been in my life. It's amazing what finding your passion in life can do to you. I feel myself changing, shifting, moving, breaking habits and thoughts. It's been hard, but I can feel things changing. I feel like I'm just gathering everything up from a certain area of my life in my hands and throwing it to the winds to be carried away and fall where they may, to give up control and let whatever may happen, happen. I can honestly say that my whole life, I've always wanted one thing, and I've been willing to go to the greatest extents to try and make that happen, but I figured out that that's been my downfall. It's, it really is true, I think, that if you give something up, that's when you'll find it. And I've been telling myself that for years and years, trying to make myself give up control, that is. I think that since I found my passion, something that consumes my mind, something that makes me happy, something that I love, that I love talking about, thinking about, doing, learning, moving, ever since I found that, I feel that it's something I can redirect my obsessive tendencies to, and it's okay. In fact, that quality about myself will make things better rather than worse, at least in this area. So... I was in such a depression cycle through my whole life, really, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and then going to school but still being depressed. And I feel like I've always been at war with logical me and emotional me. So emotional me will rear up and I'll start, I'll I'll be really sad. I've been really sad a lot of my life. And I think because of that one moment with my dad, I didn't learn how to 
feel my feelings and I would just stuff them down and logical me would be like shut the fuck up like why are you crying and you need to like this is how you can figure fix the situation and then emotional me is like no I I'm sad like I don't know what to do and man it's been rough um I've learned recently that I don't know how to feel feelings and it's something that I'm working through with my therapist and you know it's it's a hard thing to do sometimes even though it shouldn't be and it just the depression cycle it happened in school and four months after I wrote what I read you I wrote this it sucks when you realize that you've only been truly happy 10 days out of over eight years and by truly happy I mean continuous constant 100% happy and content it sucks when that feeling's gone and you're back into that depression you know so well But I do know that dreams come true and sometimes you have to get off your ass and make them happen. Sometimes it takes days, minutes, hours, years, but if you set your mind on something, it can come true. Lindsay Louise means no matter what you're feeling in your head, you just need to do what you need to do rather than think and dwell on it. Making plans is awesome, but you have to actually follow through with them. You can't let this mindset ruin you or detour you. You have to be stronger than that. And I know that you are. I know that you can make this happen. I know that you can do it. Stay focused on the prize. Stay focused on the goal. Keep them in mind so that you don't fall into this. Go swim laps every day, even when you absolutely do not feel like it. You need to get laziness out of your life. You need to kick its ass. The reason I was talking about swimming is that I have always struggled struggled with weight. I remember, I don't, I... I don't know when the emotional eating started. Um, Maybe I'll unravel that later through therapy. But I know that food was like, I remember stuffing my face. And when I was a kid and I had a different metabolism than my mom and my sister. So I feel like I gained weight. And I think I remember a couple of times my dad commenting on my weight. I don't really know if that's true or not, but I feel like I remember him like body shaming me and my friends were always, all of the, the girlfriends I had, they were all really skinny and my sister was really skinny and my mom was really skinny. And I remember thinking quite often that, um, the reason guys don't like me are because I'm fat. Like I thought that quite often and whenever I would be in depression I would eat and I would eat my feelings because I didn't know how to process them and I had a gym membership for probably a year and I think I only went a couple times and I would always say why are you wasting your money you need to you need to just quit the gym you're not going but then in the back of my head I was like no but I need to go but I never would and it was the broken promises that I made to myself. I got in that rut. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, who was it? It was Ed Milet was interviewing Chris and Heidi Powell. And they were talking about how in their program, they have people make promises to themselves and they have to keep those promises every day, no matter what. Um, if you have to go run a mile at midnight, you better damn well run that freaking mile because you made a promise to yourself that you cannot break. 
And I mean, geez, how many times have you done this? You've made a promise to yourself, I'm going to wake up early and work out, or I'm going to eat well tomorrow and healthy, or I'm going to go out and network, or, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And I think that I got into that rut of I'd make a promise to myself and I'd break it. And then I just was in that cycle. And I, my body was telling me these mind stories, like, you know, you're never going to go and it's fine. You can go tomorrow. And I believed them. And so body image, I've had body image issues, geez, probably for as long as I can remember. I don't ever remember feeling comfortable in my body. I don't ever remember loving my body. Um, loving myself really I've found out I mean I feel like I've always looked looked highly on myself but I've I've always seen the flaws and I've never been able to accept me as I am I actually just had a really awesome experience um as far as that goes and I can't wait to share it with you in a few chapters but um, yeah, so I was, I've always dealt with body image issues. I was really overweight in school, probably in the 170s, 180s. So it's always kind of been like when I have this obsession with something, like when I was younger, it was an obsession with swimming. And I did a lot of really awesome things when I was swimming. I went to the Olympic Training Center. I got to film this video with Bill Boomer. My coach was Milt Nelms. He went off to tra- train Olympians. And I remember probably because swimming was that escape from my home and I was able to leave the house and go swimming and my mom was so amazing and selfless and she would drive me every day and I would swim for two hours and I was so dedicated and um so I think that was like my escape and my passion and I put everything into it and I thought about it all the time and then it became music and meeting friends and then it became school and so while I was in school I was so happy because I found my passion but yet I didn't love myself and so I was still in that depressed cycle um which and then the whole guy thing too like oh man I like I said before I wish I could go back and tell you know, early twenties, mid twenties, Lindsay, like girl, just focus on yourself. Keep the promises to yourself and don't believe every thought you think because most of the time they are not true. While I was going to school, I was working at Mimi's cafe. So I was going to school part time and I was working at Mimi's and I met the, I met my friends, uh, Sarah, Laura and Kristen, and we would hang out together and party together and get wasted. And there was so much drinking involved and I loved hanging out with them. It was so much fun, but deep down inside, I never really felt like I fit in completely. We didn't really like the same music. My style was different. Um, it was kind of hard a lot of the times because they, at least one of them had a boyfriend all the time. So it was like this. They would get boyfriends and guys would be interested in them, but no one would ever really be interested in me, or at least that's what it felt like. And while I was hanging out with them, I was also going out by myself and um, dancing and finding clubs. And I would just go by myself and dance my ass off for a couple hours and then go home. And I eventually started meeting the DJs and hanging out. And so I was kind of doing two different things. I would hang out with the girls and then I would hang out by myself with my music friends. And, uh, I think I would go to LA sometimes and go to like clubs like Moscow and trust or wait, trust was in Santa Ana. 
um, Blacklight. There was a bunch of clubs around that time. And uh, it was so much fun. I have the best memories of dancing because most of the time I wasn't like that was the time I would go out and I wasn't obsessed with finding a guy. I was obsessed with dancing to every single song I possibly could. So towards the end of school, I knew that I needed to get um, a portfolio together. So I started doing photo shoots and I did some pretty awesome things. I'm proud to say that I worked with Mr. Kate. Um, she has a jewelry line and I shot a couple, um, a couple lookbooks for her. And it was so fun to meet her in the beginning because she's an amazing woman and I'm very proud and, um, I, I admire her success and, uh, I'm just so happy to see where she's come and that I got to see her from the beginning. Uh, but anyways, I, um, I did all these portfolios. I made antlers out of hair. I worked for, I did some fashion shows and some did hair for raves and it was just so much fun. And so I was hanging out in LA a lot and I was living in Orange County. And while now I feel like I'm more of an Orange County girl, if you've never been to California, Orange County is very chill, low key. Um, it's a beach, typically beach cities and it's just kind of a slower life there. And then you go to Hollywood and it's like so fast paced and really everyone is looking to network and meet people and do things. And so at that time of my life, it was great. So I ended up moving to studio city. I lived with my friend Kale and, um, now I graduated school and I had this impressive resume at least, you know, just getting out of school. And as everyone finds out, once you just get out of school, it's not that easy to find a job. Um, I applied everywhere to all of these like high-end salons and salons where I was like, yeah, they need me here. <laughs> yeah. You learn so much when you're young, but, um, so, uh, I, it took me, I was out of work for about, I quit, I quit serving and I moved to LA and I didn't have a job and I didn't get hired at a salon like I wanted. And so I finally got hired at this little tiny place in studio city that was right across the street from my house. And it was a tiny like four chair salon and they were overflowing with clients. So it was the perfect place to start because, um, I was just, I immediately had a clientele. So I think I worked there for about a year and I really built up my clientele. I wrote all their names down. I like did everything I learned in school as far as giving an amazing service. And I loved haircutting and I would cut everyone's hair. And, uh, finally after a year, I felt like I had built up a very decent return clientele and I felt very confident that I could go do it on my own. So I ended up, I went, I booth rented at a few salons until I found the last salon I was at in LA and I was there for a while. I mean, I was only doing hair. So while I feel like I was still living paycheck to paycheck and I still had a ton of debt, I was doing well in my mind. And I had a, a crazy goal to make a hundred K within five years of graduating. And that did not happen uh, the way I had hoped it would, but it is on the plan for my life now, currently, which we'll get into because that's a later chapter. I was working full time. I was still hanging out. I was still lamenting about not having a boyfriend. And my friend Miles had moved to California. And I think we were talking about it um, 
we were talking about it one night and I'm complaining about not, how do I find a boyfriend? And he was like, well, why don't you get on online dating? There's a site called OkCupid. You should get on there. And oh my God, I opened that can of worms because, you know, this girl who's obsessed with finding a guy can now have access to hundreds and hundreds of profiles of guys to just look at all the time. So I created a profile and I ended up going on one date that sucked. And then I went on a date with my ex, Josh. And this is where this chapter ends because that is a whole new chapter. But I met him and he was the first guy that I felt like actually liked me. And so finally, after years and years and years of wanting to be in a relationship, I meet this guy and at, I meet this guy at 25 and then I think at 26 or something, I officially had a boyfriend. Um, but this next one's going to be interesting. Uh, stay tuned for dating a narcissist and that will be next week. So thank you so much for listening. I, if you made it through this whole story, uh, let me know, comment below because I want to know what you think. Um, and tell your friends about it. If you think that they will enjoy my story and the things to come, tell them. Tag me on social media. Let me know if you got anything from this. Uh, if you have any questions, ask me questions because I want to make this interactive. I'm still working through exactly like it's evolving and I really want to maybe have question and answer episodes and eventually I'll get into interviews and I'm going to stick with my story for now, but then it's going to get into like day by day now, real time, uh, and what I'm learning, which I'm so excited to get to because that is my passion now. And that's what's driving me. And that's what's driving me to do this podcast really. So subscribe. I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be really good. If you like drama and relationships and listening to someone's, uh, failures and successes, then stay tuned and listen next week. So anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope you have an amazing day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.